Welcome, everybody. Another great episode here of the Patrick Carr Show. I can't tell you, I can't thank you enough for joining us here today. As I record this, it is Saturday morning right now. It is my birthday. So if that tells you any of my commitment here to bringing you these Monday morning episodes, it should say it right there. Um, Looking forward to some celebrations later this afternoon with some close friends of mine. But for now, what we need to focus on is how we're going to give you insight. We're going to give you information. We're going to give you motivation that's going to go ahead and increase the productivity of your week and make you a better individual and a more impactful leader going into the week ahead, everyone. That is what these Monday mornings are all about. It's about you and I. It's about you and your car. You're getting ready for breakfast and you're getting the kids going to school. You're doing all these things. But I want to bring you something positive, something that's going to add value to your life, perhaps change the way you look at leadership, the management of your company, who you are as an entrepreneur, so that we can continue to improve together, everyone, because that's what it's all about, okay? Rising tide raises all boats, and that's what we're trying to do here on these Monday mornings with you, and I cannot be happier that I get the opportunity to spend this time with you and you with me. Please, if you have it, click subscribe, like the video. It helps us to know what we're doing well and what we need to improve on. And of course, always comment if you like something, hate something, or you're using it within your life. Let's jump right into today's topic, everyone, because it is my birthday. All right. What I decided to do is I wanted to talk about the lessons that I have learned in the last year. It has been a year of growth for me, and I knew it was going to be. Last birthday, I remember making a promise to myself and saying, this year right here is going to be a year where I grow, and it has surely been that. Now, I am no, I'm a stranger to screwing up, and on this show, what I truly attempt to do is I want to be honest with you about the place that I am at so that hopefully if you're there, we're growing together. If I'm a little bit in front of where you're at, then you know what? You're growing. You're catching me. Hopefully, you're surpassing me, okay, because you're working that damn hard. But I'm not going to let you, all right, because I'm working hard over here, too. We're putting in the hours. But I want you to chase something. And if you're ahead of where I'm at right now, I want you to know that we're chasing you and we're coming in hard for it. That is what we want to be about here. We want killers who are going to watch this thing, people who want the best for themselves and the best for their company. And I've been no stranger, though, to the downfalls, taking two steps forward and one step back. And when stuff like that happens, what I want to try to do is I want to bring you that information so that hopefully you don't have to take that step back. In the moment you have a chance to make a choice, that you make the right choice, perhaps when I didn't make the right choice. Now, I get pumped up about this. I mean, hell, I've got my cutoff right here. I feel like I'm going to work out. Just got done with it right now. But the bigger point that I want to make is you don't have to make the mistakes that others make. And by watching this show, what I want to do is I want to give you permission to say, hey, it's okay that he made that mistake. I don't have to make the same one here this year, this week, this month. Could be professionally, could be with your relationships, could be with your business. A little bit of the lessons that I have learned this year have to do with all of them. And I want to jump into them because I've learned them the hard way, everyone. So let's talk about those lessons that I have learned this year. Apply them to your life. Think about if you're going through one of them right now. Or perhaps it's something that you've been experiencing in the last year yourself. Let's jump into them, all right? First thing I've got written down right here, okay? This year has shown me more than ever, and you hear it all the time on podcasts, and you may let it brush away, but don't let it brush away right now. Your standards that you have for yourself, your business, and your relationships will determine the ceiling of your life. The floor is the ceiling, everyone, I think as Michael Jordan once said, and everyone kind of laughed at the guy when he said it, but it is absolutely true. 
the standards that you have in your life will determine how high your life can go. I wanted you to look at it this way, okay? If you have a ceiling and you cannot touch that ceiling, you need to raise the floor of that building in order to be able to touch it, okay? And the more you raise that floor, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. That ceiling is going to exponentially increase as well. Your ability, and you're always chasing it, always. Don't ever think that the goal is just to be able to touch it. In fact, the goal is to keep raising that floor that raises your ceiling higher than what anybody else can be, and you're constantly in pursuit of that ceiling right there. So let me get granular in what I mean by that. A standard that you have in your life is something that you always abide to. You don't let it slide. You don't sometimes do it. That is not a standard, everyone. A standard is something that is difficult to withhold to, but you do it because you know the benefits of it and raising that floor so that you can reach a ceiling that nobody else is capable of reaching. Your ceiling can be higher than those around you. A standard that we have had trouble in our company with this year is people showing up on time. I have a standard here that 8 o'clock in the morning is when you must show up. Not 8.01, not 8.02, nothing. 8 o'clock is when it happens. We have had to terminate people this year because they cannot show up on time. Good people, people that we want to have in this company. And was it easy to do that? Of course it wasn't. It costed this company something when it comes to productivity. But what it didn't cost is other people feeling like they could do other things other than the standard. If you are going to grow as an individual, standards will be what allow you to grow. Discipline is where you will find purpose in your life. The thought that you can just do what you want and that there's just freedom and being able to do anything that you want to do is a facade. This is why people who win the lottery or people that inherit a lot of money while they're constantly in depression and you see these people commit suicide and the terrible things that happen to them because you think that if you have all the freedom in the world, you can do whatever you want to be able to do that that's going to bring you happiness. It's going to bring you joy more importantly and it doesn't because where real joy is found is having purpose with your day. Something that you can wake up and you can say, I'm going to do this, and it's going to bring something better into the world than I otherwise left it the day before. And so if you can do that, the only way that is possible day in, day out, consistently, is by setting standards in your life. We have a standard of being on time. That's a standard that I have set for this company and I have set for myself. What is your standards right now? And I can show you your life. Now, if you think to yourself, I have no standards right now. I have no standards in the people that I date. I have no standards in my company. I haven't got anything written down that I hold people accountable to. You know, I tell people to do a good job, but I haven't said what good actually is. I've signed people up to do so. I have contracts with clients right now, and I hope they think I do a good job. I think I'm doing a good job, but I haven't put standards into my agreements that specifically say what is good, bad, and different. It doesn't matter. You have to have standards if you're going to hold yourself accountable to doing something that is going to be special in your life. So think, what standards do you have? Can you name me five standards that you have in your life? For me, I'm thinking right now, okay, let's do this in live time. Eight o'clock, you show up every day. You write every day, Patrick. You read something every single day. You go to the gym at a minimum of five times every single week, and you get your ass up before 6 a.m. Those are standards that I have in my life. It doesn't matter what the situation, I have standards that I have to hold myself accountable to. I don't want to get up before 6 a.m. I don't want to go to the gym most days. 
I don't want to do these things, but those standards are what allows me to succeed. If you have no standards, you will not be able to achieve something that other people are not or they're going to achieve because you're unwilling to do what they are willing to do. Set your standards in your life and don't worry if those standards seem like, well, these are simple, okay? There's nothing, let me give you a great example. Somebody says, man, I went to the gym hard today. Great. Did you go for a month straight? And what would you rather have? Would you rather have somebody who goes to the gym for 30 days straight, for 30 minutes they walk on a treadmill, or somebody who says, I'm going to go to the gym one time per month and put in a hard workout for one hour? See, standards are what allows you to do something consistently over time. You know, when you just do things by a whim because you think that they're a good thing to do, that's when you get the first example. I have learned this year that standards are everything, and I cannot emphasize that enough to you, my audience. Show me your standards, and I'll show you the ceiling of your life. And if you have none, I need you to take time and write down five that you are going to hold yourself accountable to. You don't have to make a promise that it'll be next year. But what you do have to do is make a promise, everybody, that it's going to be for the next week. Bear the cross that you can bear is often what we say on this show. And so if you feel you can do it for a week, then you do it for a week. And then you reevaluate and grade yourself because you have standards to grade yourself against. That is how you begin to make immediate progress in your life, everyone. Standards will make the difference in your company and relationships in the next year to come. The next thing I have written down here, folks, I really struggled with this. I struggled in the beginning of this year in interpersonal relationships of showing weakness. And I lost somebody really special in my life earlier this year. And I think it's because if I was introspective into myself and I looked at how the relationship played out, I put my problems onto that person. I didn't handle things like a man. If you want the relationships in your life to be productive, handle your own crap. Other people, it is not the responsibility to solve your problems. It is not the responsibility to make you feel better about yourself. It is not the responsibility to bring down your anxiety and tell you everything's going to be okay and to coddle you. I'm talking to men out there because that is what I understand. It is your responsibility as a man to handle your problems. The people in your life that you love, you know as well as I do. What do you want for them? You don't want them to deal with your problems. So deal with them yourself. Be strong enough. Carry that burden as a man. Now society will tell you, no, express your feelings, be emotional, be vulnerable, as they might say. I'm going to tell you, no, don't be. My thing is to be strong enough within yourself to where you don't burden other people with your problems unnecessarily because you are a strong-willed individual who has the resolve and the experience and confidence in themselves to put the insecurities away and say, I will find a way to get it done. So you have a choice. The next time some problem happens in your life, are you running to the person that you love to tell them about that problem, the person that screwed you over, the job that you didn't get, the contract that didn't sign with you? Is that what you're running to right now so that you can tell them, woe is me, and they can pat your head and tell you it's okay, I still love you? No. Why don't you go out there and do what you need to do to handle your stuff? This year taught me a big lesson in that. 
And what I want to impart on you is that many of you have great people in your life, and that is wonderful. But do not burden those individuals with problems that you can solve yourself. Get out there and do what you need to do to be the man in your own life. And I'm telling you what's going to happen. You're going to respect yourself a heck of a lot more. You're going to look at yourself as somebody that says, I have value because I'm bringing value into other people's life by making their life less, we're bringing less suffering into their life. Because when you put, when you put that burden onto someone you love, in a small way, they suffer with you. And so what you have to ask yourself is, do you want that individual to suffer? Or do you want them to live the best life that they possibly can because they're with a man who is able to take care of the things that he needs to take care of? Be the latter of that. Step up your game in the year to come. It has been a lesson that I have had to learn the hard way. And so, you know, the old stoic saying, be stoic as the man that you need to be in your life. And it will pay dividends in your relationships and how you look at you, everybody. I'm going to go number four right here because number three was a lot like what I just talked about right there, which is dealing with your own problems. But the fourth thing I have written down here in my lessons is I want to continue to impart on you rule number eight from Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. I've got all 12 rules in my office over there. And number eight is by far the rule that changed my life the most. Always tell the truth, everyone, or at least don't lie. And we know we think about this and we say, oh, kindergarten taught me that. My parents taught me that. I know not to lie. But you're wrong. You lie to yourself every single day. You lie to the people around you, the people that you love, your colleagues and clients. You lie every single day. Imagine for a second, just one second, the next time you were late to a meeting, you didn't lie about the reason why. Imagine instead of telling them that traffic was so terrible, even though it wasn't, you just say, hey, you know what? I didn't allocate my time appropriately this morning. Didn't realize it was going to take my kid that long to get ready. I should have planned better. I hit the snooze on the alarm too much. And you know what? I overslept. And that's a disrespect to your time. And I apologize for it. It won't happen again. Imagine if you actually told the truth on everything that you do, the truth, the whole truth, and you never had to lie about anything. What kind of freeing feeling that would be? That is what I've had the opportunity to experience this year, and I have made mistakes. Have I sat here and said I'd never lied? Of course not. But I've done an amazing job of reducing it extremely this year. And because of that, what I've begun to do is that I've begun to look forward instead of looking in the rearview mirror. Because for every lie that you tell, whether you realize it or not, it is taking away from the account in your life. It is not adding to it. There is no lie that has ever been told that you sit there and go, well, that added something good into my life. No, what it did is it added a slight, slight sliver of looking in that rearview mirror at something that you're going to have to look at in the future. And you cannot move forward in your life at the speed that it's going to take to actually do something that is going to impact the world in a great way when you're constantly looking in your rearview mirror. How can you drive forward when you're having to worry about the things that happened in the past? And once you've made that mistake, it's not leaving. It's not just going to flee away. No, just because you, you lied to your wife and you said, hey, listen, I'm going straight home and you stopped for that drink. Well, does that really ever go away? Or six months down the road when some old friend tells your wife that they saw you at the bar that night and she's thinking, he's never told me that he's gone there. Maybe you weren't doing anything wrong. But what did you do, everybody? You put a little doubt in someone's mind that you love. What if you did tell 
that meeting, that person that you showed up late with, hey, it's terrible traffic getting here today. And yet they drove in the same traffic and are thinking, no, there wasn't. Traffic was fine. I just got in here five minutes before you did. Now, you don't know that. You don't know where they came from. But immediately you're starting that meeting with them thinking, this person isn't telling me the truth. You don't know what the other person doesn't know. And so what I would challenge you to do is to say, always tell the truth so that you can look forward in your life, or at least don't lie. And if you don't know what the truth is, how about a simple, I don't know? It goes a long ways, everybody. This rule has changed my life in the last two years, but especially the last year. And I know that if you think about it, the next time you think about fibbing or white lie or something that's an exaggeration, these are lies. Don't get them twisted, everybody, into thinking these are these are okay. No, they're not. An exaggeration of the truth is nothing more than a lie. You need to call a spade a spade in your life, and that comes with having those standards that we talked about first. I love what I have here. This, is, this year has, mm, if there's one thing that has taught me right here, and you hope you can hear it in my voice, I hope you see it on the shows if you watch this channel, that in order to succeed, you must have urgency. An urgency to do things in your life that is greater than the person next to you. If, you were, if you're around a group of friends right now and you look at them and they don't walk with urgency, they don't talk with urgency, they don't move in a way, they don't do work with urgency, they don't move quickly, they're not doing something with their life and chasing it hard, then I can tell you where you probably are at, probably right there with them. What are you doing? When you're out there in your job, are you walking fast to the bathroom and walking fast back because you want to get to work? When you answer the phone, is it, hello? Is it, hey, how you doing? Or are you answering that phone with a sense of urgency that you need to get things done today, now? We're not waiting till tomorrow. I don't need the deal next week. I need it now. I need to eat. I need to accomplish things now more than I do. This person needs to do it next month. They're going to get around to it. If you're around a bunch of friends that are getting around to things, when they walk in, they walk in with a laziness. When you talk to them every day, they ain't doing much of anything. They aren't going to accomplish the things they say they're going to accomplish, I promise you. Because there is a group of people out there like me who walks with urgency, talks with urgency, closes deals with urgency, gets on planes with urgency, makes plans with urgency. We're going to do it now, and we're going to do it quickly. So if you want to be that person who sits there and you're just lollygagging through life right now, and I see a lot of them, when you do something, you kind of, okay, and you move, and you get it done, and then what you do is you look forward to the weekends, you do a little drinking, have a little fun, and then back to your life where it's, mm, okay. When you take your kid to the baseball game, you walk up slowly. They see that it's just kind of uh, low energy is what somebody has. Or are you showing your children that you're a person of high energy? Are you getting out there and when you get to going, you get going in the morning? Are you showing them, hey, listen, we're a family that we have urgency in everything that we do. When we walk, when we talk, when we play sports, we do it with a place of urgency in our life. And if you don't have it in your life, your family's not going to have it. Your employees are not going to have it. Your team that you manage isn't going to have it. It starts with you, and people will see that, and it will make people uncomfortable. If you're around people and your urgency doesn't make them feel uncomfortable, then you're the problem. I can tell you with my team, it absolutely is a problem. They know when I'm in a mood. When I show up and I'm going, we're here to work today, gentlemen. All right? Patrick's in the house now. 
We're not, we're not going to sit back and relax. I'm going to go around. We, what are we doing? Where are we at? Where's the problem at? What are we solving? Where's this at? Where's it? We're going, all right? Now, that makes people uncomfortable, but that means you're on to something special because nobody who was ever comfortable accomplished something that was worth accomplishing in their life. You don't do it by being lukewarm, everyone. You got to turn that water way hot if you want to get to something that's boiling, something that people will pay attention to. So start living with that urgency in everything that you do. And when you don't have it, start to find it. And it'll start to be the identity that you have in your life, okay? Another thing about six months ago, maybe three, probably about three months ago, a little, I'm probably off of my time. You know, online, when we are there, um, we, we scroll through a feed, don't we? We scroll through a feed and we see things that we like, that we don't like people we haven't seen in a long time, old friends, they post something. Some of them say they're doing something successful. Others of them are going through a hard time. Uh, just this morning, I saw a post for a GoFundMe. Um, a, a lady and her, her, her son is going through a terrible time and she needs money. I saw three posts down, a guy who's talking about the vehicle that he's just bought and you know how much success that individual is having. You've got a variety of different kinds of information that are flooding your head every day. But here's the key that I learned this year. And I don't want you to miss this. You can block people just the same on social media as you can in your life. You can hit the block button and never see that post ever again. And you can hit the block button on your phone and never talk to that individual again. When they walk into a room, you can walk out. You have a choice in life into who you spend your time, energy, and resources on. Choose wisely, everybody. Because there are people that are going to bring value into your life and they're going to inspire and make you want to be better. There are others that are going to make you cynical at life. They're going to make you jealous. They're going to be people who have empty value. They're going to take away from your tank and your energy and your urgency. And when you see that somebody is doing that and the mood that they put you in brings you down and thus the people around you down, you need to block that person out of your life and get rid of them. You don't need that and you can do it. But sometimes we just put ourselves through suffering of having to be around people and see things that aren't adding to our life at all. So stop that. Stop right now. And the next time you see it, go, I'm never going to see this again because it's not adding value to my life. It's only taking away and that's hurting the people that I love. And that's not fair to them. So block people, get rid of the people that are taking away from your life. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, it might be a little bit controversial here to you. All right. Some of you people might say, well, this is not true, Patrick, but I'm going to go by my life experience. And I want to be very clear. This is my experience. So maybe next year I'll change this a little bit. But for the last year of my life, this is what I have seen. No one is genuinely happy for you. Not a person. Maybe your mom. All right. But that's truly about it. And some of you are all, oh, man, my wife is happy. My kids are happy for me. Hmm. Really? You don't think that most marriages end up in divorce? You don't think that person is truly happy for you? Or do you think when that divorce happens, those things they said they were happy about will be the first things to get thrown into your face? I think that what is happening in this world is whether you're sharing good news or bad news with somebody, the individual across from you or on the other end of the phone is building a narrative about you in your life. Now, you have the opportunity to write the narrative that uh, that other person perceives of you. 
that the world sees of you. You are the writer of that narrative. But when you share news with somebody, you are writing on that page. And I caution you to be very careful what you write down because it is written in their mind and that individual will not forget it. So be careful who you share bad news with. Be careful who you confide in. Be careful who you share good news with. Because people think, oh, they're so happy for me. Hmm, are they? Or are they just surprised that you actually accomplished something? Or are they just sitting there going, huh, well, maybe he needs me a little bit less. Or are they truly happy for the success that you have? Or do they think that you don't deserve it? that you got lucky, and that what they're supposed to do is smile and shake your hand and tell you I love you and good job, baby. But in the back of their mind, they're thinking, huh, he's not good enough for that. She's not good enough for it. Now, I don't know the answer to this because I'm only going by my experience. But I can tell you this. People are building narratives in their head about you, good, bad, whatever you share with them. And I would caution you that just because it's good doesn't mean that narrative is not being written in a negative way. You should be very careful how news is shared with other people and be careful the narrative that you are writing for your own life and how that narrative may be looked at by different eyes and different places and people's lives. Protect yourself. This world is a cruel place, everybody. So the next time you're thinking about sharing news, oversharing what's happening in your life, the girl or guy that broke your heart, the meeting you didn't make, the guy who didn't show up, the deal you didn't close, the huge deal you did close because now you're on top of that mountain. Huh. I caution you to bring yourself back down to right here. The most successful people that I have met in the last year are right here. And they may go here, they may go here, but they're not here and they're not way down here. There's a reason for that. They've understood that they're going to handle what they need to handle. The highs are expected, the lows are expected. Everything in between is happening to them. Be careful what narrative you allow others to write of your life when you're the one who's putting the pen to the paper. I'm going to go back to something I said about my personal life here for the last couple that I've got here with you. I got a chance to love this year. And uh, I didn't think I could. And... This year has shown me that the pain that comes with love lost is an incredible way to remind us that you have the capacity to love. Without that pain that you feel from heartbreak, I'm not sure that you can say you gave the other person love. Um, If there's indifference, that is truly the opposite of love, not hate. hate. Hate is an emotion. Love is so strong and indifference is where people, well, that's where people show they don't care at all. And I had the opportunity this year to feel such great pain. And that pain, it showed me that I have something to give still left in the tank. And although I have struggled since then, I think that I'm happy to know that the capacity is still there. And I wasn't sure before this year that it was. And I hope that that continues to grow in my capacity to give that. 
And I would tell you, if you're going through a hard time personally, where you've been divorced, you've been cheated on, somebody's left you, you feel alone right now, and you long for something that is deeper in your life, go all in on that feeling of wanting something more. Because it means that you know what, you have something inside of you that you're wanting to give to somebody else. It means that you have something internally that is longing to make somebody else's life more fulfilling and better. And that's a good thing. So grieve if you need to grieve from the pain that you feel. But understand that that grief that you do have and that you are experiencing is coming from a real place and a genuine place of you having given so much of yourself. Because if all you feel is indifference, then you didn't love at all. So find that, understand it, go all in on it, and you're not the only one that has that feeling. This year taught me a lot about my ability and my capacity to love. And the last thing I want to go over here, all right, Emotional attachment to circumstances. When something is going to happen to you, and it will, it'll happen today, tomorrow, in the next 365 days for me until my next birthday, there will be something I do not plan that is going to happen to me every single day. Some people call them problems. I learned from my friend Patrick Fingles over at Leap. These are happenings because problems are supposed to happen every one. The key, and you've heard this on other people talk about it, but I hope you really take some heed to it today. The real key in this entire thing is the emotion that you associate with what happened to you. Because the emotion that will go, you'll associate, that will lead to the story that you tell yourself. So when something happens to you today, what emotion do you immediately feel? Anger? Sadness? Regret? Do you feel, I don't know, even relief? anxiety? Why? This is such a tough exercise to do, and I am continually work on this. And next year, I hope that I can tell you that, hey, I've gotten it down. I really do. But in the meantime, what I'm attempting to do and what I'm trying to accomplish is to say, all right, when this thing happens to me, someone cuts me off in the road, why am I angry with that person? Is it because I'm truly angry that they cut me off? Or maybe in a deeper way, Is it because I don't think that they think I'm important enough not to do that? It sounds like a silly example, doesn't it? Like, they just cut you off, Patrick. Well, yeah, but how am I internalizing what just happened in front of me? You know, somebody doesn't complete a task on our team that they had a deadline for. Am I angry that that happened? Sure. Or am I upset because I don't believe that they had enough respect for me to make it happen? Where is it in this situation? What emotion do I attach to what just happened to me? And then what does that tell me about the story that I am telling associated with that happening? It is a very difficult thing to look introspectively at ourselves and to feelings of and to why we feel the things that we do. But when we do that, what will happen is we begin to understand ourselves. And for so many of us, we have lost track of who we are. I've said on the show to remember who you are. You're not just a collection of thoughts or you're not just a collection of the things that have happened to you. You're so much deeper 
than that. And, and to truly get introspective and to learn who you are and how you can add benefits and, and value into the world that is greater than where you're at currently is going to come from a greater understanding of who you are and why you do the things that you do. Because until you understand that, you cannot change those things. And that's where it all starts is by changing the story that you are telling yourself. And that starts with the emotion that you associate with what has just happened to you. Now, it's not going to come overnight. But the next time you feel yourself, feel an emotion one way or the other. It could be extreme happiness, anxiety, and sadness. I don't know what's going to happen in your life. I hope it's happiness. But why do you feel that way? You know, you close a deal and you, you're happy about it. Is it because you're going to get a lot of money? Dive deeper. Okay, you could get that money. Why does that money matter to you? Well, now I can go out and I can take this girl to a nice dinner. Why? Why does it matter to you? Because I want to feel like I'm important. Hmm, getting somewhere. Why do you want to feel like you're important? Because I think I'm overlooked every single day. And that in my job, I feel like they don't, they, they don't take care of me. Okay, why? Well, because I don't stick up for myself, if I'm honest. And I should get a raise, but I haven't asked for it. And I just, I, I'm pissed off and, you know, I feel like I'm undervalued and overworked. Hmm. Maybe you need to have a talk with your boss and get the raise you deserve or leave. When you start to really dive deeper into why you're happy about something, it may go five or six levels lower. Don't be afraid to go there. As surface level, we like to go in and stay right there because it's comfortable, everyone. We talked about that earlier in this talk. And when you are comfortable, you don't accomplish anything. You're lukewarm. You're okay. You're never going to be great. And so really dive into the emotion you associate with the things that happen to you, and you are going to find that you begin to love yourself more. You begin to get to know you. It's like dating yourself again, all right? You begin to understand who the heck the person is that you're looking at in the mirror. We tend to be so busy looking at other people's lives on our phones and walking into the office and talking about what's happening and what's ahead. And you know, all the, we're never present right now with the, best, the most important person in our life, which is us. The only person you lay down with every single night is what's between your ears. And those internal thoughts of how you feel about you, no one's going to come in to police them. They're yours. So why don't you begin to change the story that you've told yourself? Or reinforce a great one that you already have. This has been a huge lesson for me and one that I'm continuing to try to work on, everybody. What emotion are you associating with things? It'll tell you a lot about how you look at yourself when you go five, six, seven, eight layers below that so that you can make the improvements you need and begin to change the narrative of your life. It's been a tough year, everyone. It's been a tough year for me, personally, professionally. It's been a tough one. I knew this year was going to be my year of growth, and that's what it's been. This coming year is going to be well, it's going to be an even tougher one, all right? And I don't have a name for this coming year, and I've been thinking about it. And I'm going to come up with one, and I'm going to share with you our audience. But 
I feel this year is about to throw some challenges at me that I've never going to experience before. I, the year of strength is normally what I'm trying to go with, but I'm still writing it out in my mind. And strength meaning that there are going to be things that I'm going to have to overcome that I didn't think two years ago I would have the strength to overcome. I believe that my cross is about to get a lot heavier. And I think there's an opportunity that many people would buckle under its weight. I'm going to have to pick it up. And I don't know what that means yet. I don't. But maybe you're there too. Maybe the next year is going to bring a heavier cross under your back. And so as you look at the next year to come, as you're sitting there right now, prepare for it, everybody. It's coming for all of us eventually. For me, I feel it around the corner right now. I'm not saying I'm excited about it, but I'm excited to see the person that comes out on the other end, everybody. I can't tell you again enough. We try to be personal as we can, as forthcoming on these Monday episodes that we have the chance to happen to have together right here. I hope you enjoy them as much as what I do. Whether you're driving in the car, you got people with you, you're, you're making some breakfast or dinner right now, depending on when you're finding this episode. Wherever you're at in your life, I hope you find some value in what we're trying to do right here because it is truly special for me to be able to spend this time with you. If you like what we have, again, comment below if there's something you like, hate, disagree with, something you love and that you're implementing in your life currently. Click subscribe if you haven't already. Knowing that people are out there and you're finding value in what we bring to you here every Monday morning means the world to me and to my team right here as we work very hard to try to bring you the best ideas, the best content, some of the best guests on our podcast every Wednesday that we possibly can. Until next time, everybody, this is the Patrick Carr Show. Have a great week ahead.